This is Julie D. from NordoniaHills.News. The Cleveland Sports Show starts now. Hello everyone, happy Saturday. Welcome to another fun-filled episode of the Cleveland Sports Show today with Andrew and I. First, let's um, get you started off um, with another great fact um, on this day in history, in sports history to be more specific. And today is February 3rd, and on this day in 1986, we're going to... um, Uh, speed racing here with a victory in the Miller High Life 400 in Richmond, Virginia. Kyle Petty becomes the first third generation winner of a NASCAR race. He follows his grandfather Lee and his father Richard. Kyle's win today is a direct result of Dale Earnhardt and Daryl Waltrip crashing while racing for the lead with two laps to go. Jeff Bodine and Joe Rutman running third and fourth pile into Earnhardt and Waltrip. Petty, fifth at the time of the accident, moves safely through the mishap. So, um, the unfortunates um, the, of an accident in NASCAR really does not um, d- does not stop the race, um, as we see with Petty winning, uh, going all the way in fifth place, and then due to those unfortunate accidents, able to win the victory and avoid the mishap. So another really cool uh, fact, this time we went to NASCAR, which is something that we really don't talk about here on the Cleveland Sports Show. So it's really great to incorporate all these different types of um, racing sports into our show as well. Now, to get back to soccer, we're going to start with the Premier League here. Standings up to date include Manchester City still sitting at the top spot with 65 points. They have 21 wins, 2 draws, and 4 losses. But hold on, Manchester City, because you have the number 2 seed, Liverpool, literally right on their tail. Liverpool also have 65 points. They have 20 wins, 5 draws, and 1 loss. And Tottenham Hotspur is in 3rd place in the Premier League. Tottenham Hotspur is the only team who do not have a single draw on the season. They have 20 wins, of course, the zero draws that I was talking about, and seven losses for a combined 60 points. It's then Manchester United and Arsenal to wrap out the um, fourth and fifth spots for um, the Premier League. Manchester United with 51, and then Arsenal with 50 points. In 6th and 7th, Chelsea is right behind Arsenal's tail with another 50 points, and that's when um, the standings begin to drop. It, Watford is then in 7th place with 40 points, 10 points behind 6th place Chelsea. A lot of action in the Premier League, and also a lot of action in La Liga, where Barcelona have a comfortable 7-point margin on 2nd place Atletico Madrid. Barcelona with 16 wins, 6 draws, and 2 losses for a combined 54 points. Atletico Madrid with 13 wins, 8 draws, and 3 losses for a total of 47 points. And then Real Madrid in 3rd place with 14 wins, 3 draws, and 7 losses for a combined 45 points. And moving on to Italy now in Serie A, Juventus with a um, walloping 13-point margin on 2nd place Napoli. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Juventus still without a loss on the season. 21 wins, 3 draws, still no losses. Cristiano Ronaldo obviously doing his part for the black and white of Juventus. As I mentioned also, um, Napoli with 16 wins, 5 draws, and 3 losses for 53 points. Inter Milan with 14 wins, 4 draws, 
and six losses for a total of 46 points. And then a point behind them is AC Milan with 12 wins, nine draws, four losses, and 25 games for a total of 45 points. Moving on to France now with League One, um, similar to Juventus, PSG out in front comfortably um, against LOSC from Lille. Um, PSG with 65 points, 14 points behind them is the second place Lille with 15 wins, 6 draws, and 5 losses. Lyon have 13 wins, 7 draws, and 5 losses for the third spot. It's Saint Stade Etienne and Marseille who take the 4th and 5th positions in the French League 1. And then finally in Germany with the Bundesliga, Dortmund still in front, however, um, in the first place of course. However, they are only three points ahead of Bayern Munich. Dortmund with 15 wins, six draws, and only one loss four in 22 games for those 51 points. Bayern Munich then with 22 games played, 15 wins, three draws, and four losses for a total of 48 points. It's Mönchengladbach and RB Leipzig who take the third and fourth spots in the Bundesliga. Mönchengladbach with 13 wins, 4 draws, and 5 losses for 43 points. And then RB Leipzig with 12 wins, 5 draws, 5 losses for a total of 41 points. And going to NBA basketball now, Cavs after the All-Star break. Um, Kevin Love is finally back. Hallelujah, this is the best thing that really could ever happen to the Cavs. And it showed the Cavs had, uh, this past Thursday, with a 98-111 to victory over the Phoenix Suns, who are 11-49 and now. The Cavs currently 13-46. and Kevin Love, um, that game against the Suns, um, played the whole game uh, pretty much in 22 minutes um, with 11 rebounds uh, and assist to go along with 16 points. Jordan Clarkson obviously doing what he's been doing all season long. 15 points, 5 assists, and 4 rebounds all in 24 minutes. Um, and these past few games for um, the Cavaliers, especially against the Knicks and the Suns, the Knicks the Cavs played before the All-Star break and won that one 107-104. Um, Kevin Love had 14 minute points in 16 minutes, 4 of 10 from the field, and um, this past Thursday, as I mentioned, 22 points, uh, or excuse me, 22 minutes, 16 points, uh, 6 of 13 from the field, and 3 of 18 from 3-point range. Andrew, I really know that um, the Cavaliers definitely needed Kevin Love. What do you, They're obviously not going to make the playoffs, but what do you think Kevin Love can bring them um, coming forward in these next couple of months? I mean, maybe a few more points, some more wins, but... He's not really going to bring anything else to the table. Like He's still inconsistent. He's still putting up the same points he has with LeBron. Like I expected him, without LeBron, to put up 24 points, that kind. He's not. I think he should do a lot better without LeBron. And, you know, another thing also, I think, you know, Tristan Thompson hasn't been playing. So, you know, once the Cavs are able to get that heart and the grit and determination of Tristan Thompson back into that lineup, I definitely think in terms of rebounds, the Cavs aren't going to be... Um, as hurt. However, one thing that I do want to mention is the third quarter um, disparity for the Cavs was not present this past Thursday. You know, we've always been talking about these last few weeks. The third quarter has been the killer for the Cavs in the past, and it wasn't the killer 
this Thursday when the Cavs actually um, held the Phoenix Suns um, to a tw- to 21 points. Uh, is with 22 to 21 third quarter score in favor of the Cavs, and eventually the Cavs would outscore the Suns by eight in the fourth quarter to win it by um, 13. And uh, like I said, Jordan Clarkson really getting it done. I've been thinking over these last few days. Do you think that Jordan Clarkson is the sixth man of the year, Andrew? I I mean he he's a candidate for it because we still have Dennis Schroeder on uh, OKC. He's having a nice season as the sixth man. But um as we said like he, he's just I mean he could be an all-star. He could have been an all-star Jordan Clarkson. So I think it's a nice race between Jordan Clarkson and Dennis Schroeder. The thing uh with Dennis Schroeder, you know, we really do he really has been a terrific backup point guard for OKC. You know what a trade for OKC. Um the the thing is though is that because you know, I think Jordan Clarkson just has a lot more weight on his shoulders uh, in terms with the Cavs. You know, Dennis Schroeder not so much because you know, guess who he's the backup point guard for? You know, one of the NBA superstars and Russell Westbrook. So because Dennis Schroeder doesn't have that pressure um, that someone like Jordan Clarkson has, because the Cavs really they've had the most different n- number of starting lineups in this league, and Jordan Clarkson has consistently been coming off the bench and has been consistently performing which is why due to his consistency i think that he is the sixth man of the year and you know i just i just don't see really any other candidate um for that position um really other than dennis Schroeder. lou williams is always a great candidate um jamal crawford really has been performing that well this season and that's why i think jordan clarkson really this is his year for sixth man of the year and uh, Andrew also has some um, other news on the Cavs, some updates. Andrew, what do you have for us today? The uh, Bucks are actually interested for trading for J.R. Smith during the uh, offseason, but I don't really know who they would trade for him. I mean, the Cavs, they're a horrible team. They could get some nice young players from it. And um, do you think – Do you th- um, we already did make a trade with the Bucks. Um, we did get Matthew Delvadova from the Bucks. Is there any specific players maybe that you have in mind you think that the Cavs can get um, once they trade away J.R. Smith in the offseason? Honestly, I would just target the young players that the Bucks have because I, I see um, J.R. Smith as a very nice player on the Bucks. Maybe he can put up like 12 points a game, get their threes together. Uh, but other than that, I don't see anything else. Also, I want to go back to the Cavs. We see uh, Brandon Knight. He was uh, recently traded to the Cavs. Um, Brandon Knight's career, he has put it, he's almost put up 20 points per game, but he's only getting about 22 point, I mean 22 uh, minutes per night, while Colin Sexton is only getting 30 30 minutes. But they're both putting up the same kind of points. Like Colin Sexton versus the Suns, he put up eight points. Brandon Knight put up nine points. So say we gave Brandon the the 30 minutes that Colin Sexton is getting. Could he be putting up the same numbers, like 17 points per game? What do you think? I definitely think so because, you know, we saw what Brandon Knight was able to do with the Suns, and that's really one big reason that um, we traded, um, or excuse me, we received both Brandon Knight and Marquise Chris. I think because of his experience, he has more experience than the NBA. Don't forget, Colin Sexton is a rookie. So Colin Sexton, really, I don't think, I think he should be, you know, learning from, these other guards, a guard like Brandon Knight. Yeah, Brandon Knight is still young, but Colin Sexton's even younger. So if Colin Sexton can learn from guys like Brandon Knight, um, from Matthew Della Vadova, it'll definitely 
shape him to be a better point guard. I don't think right now giving him, you know, almost 30 minutes, like you said, is the best option for Larry Drew. But honestly, with the catastrophe this season has been, there really are very little options for this Cavalier team anymore. And more NBA news for you guys. Um, updated standings as of now. In the East, the Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks, as Andrew was just talking about, still hold the best record in the Eastern Conference at 44-14. and 14. Um, they've, They're 9-1 and one in their last 10 and have won three in a row. Raptors in second place, 44-16, and 8-2 and two in their last 10. The Pacers, Andrew, with Victor Oladipo, without Victor Oladipo, have really been impressing me. They're 39-20, and 20, third in the East. Um, they're 7-3 and three in their last 10. So they're definitely not struggling without Victor Oladipo. The 76ers, who really have revamped and were really one of the more successful um, teams during the trade deadline in my analysis last week, or excuse me, a few weeks ago, they're 38-21, and 6-4 and four in their last 10, not as efficient as they can be. However, they have won two in a row. And really, Andrew, the disappointment, uh, the disappointing team in the year, um, most disappointing, the Boston Celtics. They're 37-22. and 22. They have, They're 7-3 and three in their last 10, but they did lose um, one after coming back from the All-Star break. They lost by one to the Milwaukee Bucks, who were the first seed. Andrew, I mean, just... How disappointed are you in the Celtics? Because, you know, they they should definitely not be below teams like the Sixers and the Pacers, or even the Bucks for that matter. So, how what's your disappointment level when it comes to the Celtics? I'm I'm very disappointed in the Celtics. I think they should be a top three team in the East, but I think there's more to it than we know. Like um, Kyrie Irving, he remember when he apologized to LeBron for being that young player that was just pretty annoying. And like people were saying that was kind of some um people were saying that was kind of some uh shade thrown at his younger teammates. So really could be there could be some arguments, some like chemistry issues between the Celtics because I I think that's something that's going on between them right now. And even and even um these couple of days ago I heard Marcus Morris senior talking about um, you know, how it's really just a group of individuals right now. It's not um a compact, solid team. And honestly, Andrew, I thought this team would be able to challenge the Warriors. Right now, I don't even know if they'll be able to make the conference finals. I just look how much better Philadelphia got. You look at their starting five, their bench, um, adding James Ennis and Jonathan Simmons, I definitely think helps. Um, of course, guys like TJ McConnell and JJ Redick, they'll give the Celtics a run for their money. And currently, um, if the playoffs started today, the fourth and fifth seed matchup in the East would be the Sixers and Celtics, and the Sixers would have home court advantage. So the first two games would start out in Philadelphia, and I definitely think that's a problem for the uh, Celtics. But uh, in the Western Conference, um, it's no surprise. Warriors are in uh, the top seed, 42-16, and 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. The Nuggets um, still fighting uh, for playoff position. Uh, they are in the second seed, 40-18. and 18. They've won three in a row. The Oklahoma City Thunder, who have who um, actually had a one-point win last night against the Utah Jazz, they're 38-20, and 20, and they um, are 8-2 and two in their last 10. You know, another disappointing team for me, Andrew, also, um, who are in the fifth seed in the West right now, the Houston Rockets. I mean, what, what's your analysis on how this Rockets season has been so far? And they play the Warriors tonight on ABC in Oakland, just what's your 
overall analysis on this Rockets season so far? You know, they started very bad, which uh, really affected them today. Their record should be a lot better. But I think it's the way they're using James Harden. They're using him, like, way too much. Like, he even said, like, he doesn't want to be used, like, isolation, like, so much. He said that to Steph Curry. Like, he wants to be used more as a team player. He wants to be passing the ball more. Like, he is putting up, like, 10 assists, but he doesn't he, – he likes to score that much, but he doesn't – he just really doesn't want to be used as that player. And it's not going to work during the playoffs. Like, if you're using James Harden like that against the Warriors, it's not going to really get you anywhere. Yeah, and exactly, and I think that the loss of Trevor Ariza is really paying its due, Andrew. You remember Ariza's, you know, that lanky defender who can shoot those corner threes, and now without him, th- their defense really is compromised. I mean, they're already um, eight games worse than they were. They have 25 losses already. They had 17 total losses um, last season at the end of the regular season. I just really don't know what's going on with the Rockets right now. James Harden is putting in another um, reasoning as why he should be back-to-back MVP. Just the numbers he's putting up are just incredibly um, efficient. He's just been phenomenal. But um, like you said, Andrew, it's not going to work in the playoffs. They're not going to beat really any team um, when playoff time arrives. And I honestly don't even see them getting out of the... They might get out of the first round. They're not going to get to the conference finals. Um, right now, it's really between the Warriors and the Thunder, I think, right now. who've just been, The Thunder have just been playing fantastic basketball. I definitely think they are the top team right now in the Western Conference who will give the Warriors a run for their money. What do you think about that? Um, I think the... Okay, so I think the Thunder really can give the Warriors some, a run for their money. I think... I feel like the Warriors are going to have some injury issues. It might not happen, but last year it happened a lot. I think during the end of the season or the beginning of the playoffs, someone is a key player is going to be hurt, and that's going to let the Thunder give them a run for their money. I remember last year, like you said, at the beginning of the playoffs, it was Steph Curry who was injured at the beginning of those playoffs. He missed the entire first round against the Spurs and then came back against the Pelicans. But, yeah, definitely – Paul George and Russell Westbrook, you know, have to be on their A-game in order to beat the Warriors. Um, and the fact that the Warriors will probably have home court advantage will also play a huge key into what actually happens. And also the Nuggets. Like, I was thinking at the beginning of the year, okay, this team, they could be giving the Warriors a run for their money. But after like seeing all the young players they have, I think they're going to choke. Maybe the second round, the third round. And then I saw... Um, in, a, Feb- in um, a game where the Warriors went to Denver to take on the Nuggets and scored 51 points in a ha- in a quarter, excuse me, and I just that shows me that the, the Nuggets aren't ready to compete. They'll win a series, most likely they are the second seed. Don't forget, yeah, mm-hmm. so they'll they'll play probably a weaker team from the East, like you know a San Antonio um, or a Minnesota or something like that. But um, they're not ready for battle with teams like the Warriors. I even think the Thunder will probably defeat the Nuggets if um, if they do meet in the playoffs. And now, talking about di- disappointing teams, the Lakers. LeBron, I, he, I don't know what to say about him. What are your thoughts on LeBron? If LeBron wasn't out for almost a month, Andrew, the Lakers would not be where they are right now. Um, because you know, once when LeBron got injured on Christmas Day, I mean, you remember the Lakers were... Um, you know, they were 
they were um, really on the uprise, and then they destroyed the Warriors at Oracle on Christmas Day. After that, it was just a complete downfall. Um, they didn't have anyone to replace Le- LeBron. It was so much harder for them to execute offensively. Um, they didn't have really their leader in LeBron. And then you ha- also add in the injuries of guys like, you know, Rajon Rondo, who really is another key piece for this Laker team. Then the inefficiency of Lonzo Ball so far. It, I mean, could you imagine if Magic Johnson drafted De'Aaron Fox instead of Lonzo Ball? Oh, they would be just doing for, a lot better. And, you know, the, the quality that De'Aaron Fox has just to be... You know, he's just a terrific point guard for the Kings, and the Kings um, are doing very doing very well this season. Um, their record, specifically, is um, they're thirty and twenty eight. They're not in the they're looking in the playoff picture, but they are ninth in the Western Conference. So it's not like this is the you know horrendous Kings team that we've been used to seeing. De'Aaron Fox is really changing what's going on there in Sacramento. So I definitely think those are reasons that the Lakers um, have been absolutely horrible. They're not even in the playoff picture, the Lakers. They're in 10th place in the Western Conference. They're at 500 basketball right now. So there's might not even be a chance that they make the playoffs. And um, LeBron's, not only is his final streak on the line, his playoff streak is on the line. Um, we'll be more specific with that next week when we talk when um, we maybe talk about the Lakers a bit more. But another thing that I want to talk about is um, this whole media thing that's been going on in the NBA. I don't know if you've heard um, news that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant were talking with each other before the All-Star game this past Sunday. And um, the media has just turned it into this whole story of maybe Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving joining up in New York. What, what are your thoughts about that? Kyrie said it was just two best friends talking. He didn't he says it wasn't anything about free agency and I believe him. I I don't think that it was anything about free agency. I thought I think it was just two friends talking and then the media is just trying to turn it into something else. And um um I actually have a clip here from ESPN First Take where they really get on their idea Stephen A Smith really talks about um Kyrie Irving's point on the media um Kyrie said himself this uh this is the stuff that just doesn't make the league fun here is uh ESPN Stephen A Smith's reaction to that statement on this past Thursday from ESPN first take let's check it out well we all know what a big fan of Kyrie Irving I am Um, I think he's spectacular and I think he's a showstopper let me say this he's beginning to tick me off it really, I'm starting to get ticked off. And I'm going to tell you why I'm starting to get ticked off with him. He's acting like he don't know. Stop. I got news for you. Do you know that everywhere I go, somebody's filming me? Everywhere I go. Me. Yeah. Me. I'm playing the NBA. Okay. But everywhere I go, it don't matter if I'm with my family, I'm with friends, no matter what I'm doing, it's cell phone cameras all over the place. It's very invasive. It can be a bit annoying. You know, sometimes people want a picture. They're taking a picture of me rather than just coming over to me and asking me for a damn picture. It's very, very annoying. It's the world of celebrity, Master P, just like you said. It's the world of celebrity. And so, Kyrie Irving, suddenly you don't notice. Stop. Now you're starting to whine a little bit too much. Here's another thing. Here's another thing. You are approaching free agency. You are an elite player. 
a franchise caliber player. Somebody who is trying to show the world you're worthy of being a leader. You're worthy of being the face of a franchise. And oh, by the way, you are going to be a free agent at the same time as one of the top three players on the planet Earth, as far as I'm concerned. And Kevin Durant is going to be a free agent. New York wants you both. They are unapologetic about that, for crying out loud. Everybody knows it. And during a break, you're meeting in Miami with Kevin Durant, and you're surprised and annoyed that somebody's got you on camera and people are speculating as to why y'all talking. There's only one reason they're interested in why y'all talking. They're wondering whether or not you're going to pair up. Last time I checked, Kyrie Irving in mind being the center of that kind of attention because it shows and authenticates and validates yeah. his Pete. value. Yeah. The one, it's starting to get on my nerves. Stephen it's just so. ridiculous. And, um, Andrew, I talked about Kyrie's free agency a decent amount on this show, but I wanted to get your viewpoint on this. Do you think that he and Kevin Durant will end up on the Knicks this summer? If uh, Kevin Durant, he wants to... I think he's I think he's bored right now of winning championships. Even my dad and I, we were talking about it. Like, soon you're going to have to get bored of always winning. You're going to want a challenge. So he could pair up with Kyrie, go to New York, maybe go to L.A., and maybe have a challenge right there. And um, one last uh, NBA talk I wanted to get in with you. Some of the uh, marquee games for the um, week. First, we have... Today, the Rockets are going to take on the, um, the Rockets will be taking on the Golden State Warriors in Oakland. What's your prediction on that one, Andrew? I think the Warriors will take that win. Um, James Harden, he, he, some nights he can shoot from the three, some other nights he's getting one from 17. It's really a gamble with him, but I, I think the Warriors will, they will tear them apart, honestly. And this upcoming Tuesday, the Celtics will be in Toronto taking on the Raptors. Andrew, what are your thoughts on uh, that Eastern Conference matchup? Oh, man, the way that the Raptors have been playing together, they, they're they going to win it. And the Celtics, as we said, their chemistry is horrible right now. They they won't get it together in time. And um, in Oklahoma City, Philadelphia 76ers will be visiting Chesapeake Energy Arena to take on the Thunder. Who do you think wins that one, Andrew? See, I don't know. That's a really good matchup right there. I um, I think Paul George, he's going to have a really big effect on that. Same with uh, Russ. But what are you, what are your thoughts on that game? I honestly think the Thunder will win just because it's in Oklahoma City. Um, I don't think that the 76, as competitive I, as I think that'll be, I don't think down the stretch the 76ers really have a guy um, who really can take you to the promised land in terms of clutch. Their closest options probably Jimmy Butler, um, but we'll just see how that happens. I definitely think that's going to be um, one of the marquee games of the week. And then finally, this upcoming, this next Saturday, not this Saturday, the Warriors will be in Philadelphia to take on those 76ers. What's your prediction on that one? I think that one too. That could. I think the Warriors are going to win it, but it's going to be a tight game all the way through. Because, uh, we, we've seen them play before, haven't, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, even um, a couple, a few Saturdays ago, it was almost a month ago, when the Warriors and the Celtics um, were going to battle at TD Garden, I even said that um, it was definitely going to be competitive, and I thought the Warriors were still going to prevail, though, and that's exactly what happened. I see no different here um, in Philadelphia. 
Warriors will win. However, I do think that it will be competitive, um, just given how talented Philadelphia's starting five now finally is. And the Cleveland Indians kick off their spring training today. Andrew, you know, I was taught we were talking about this before our podcast began. Um, the city of Cleveland can really never have all of their sports teams be um, great at one time. Um, you know, you have the Indians and the Browns who have really been getting a lot of support and anticipation for their upcoming seasons. But then, of course, the Cavs are absolutely horrendous, one of the worst teams in the NBA. A um, few years ago, it was the Cavs and the Indians who were really just um, blowing teams out of the water and really just getting a lot of national attention. And the Browns were the joke of the NFL. So it we really can never have it where all three teams are great. If, maybe if LeBron just stayed one more year, maybe that would have been the case. But um, it's pretty unfortunate. What do you think about it? Yeah, we, if LeBron just stayed, we could have been the city. We could have been maybe one of the best sports cities there are i mean people would have hate they would definitely hate us like other cities maybe um the arrivals like the wars that kind of stuff but we i would i would be so happy with cleveland and speaking of the uh cleveland indians their spring training actually begins today they'll be in cincinnati to take on the reds at 305 um this is the first spring training games for um for the indians um, their next game will be tomorrow back in Cleveland as they'll take on the Diamondbacks. Um, Andrew, you had a lot to talk about with the Indians and their roster. Give us your analysis on really what's going to go on with the Indians this year. You know, I'm I'm actually going to watch today's game, but I'm I'm very interested to see how the Indians are going to play. Like they've made they made a lot of trades with Edwin and Carson Yon, um, Jan Gomes who was the all-star catcher, and they've lost an, all, uh, an all-star Michael Brantley. I mean, I definitely think they'll make the playoffs because our the the other teams, they, they suck. But it's I don't know if we're going to make the World Series this year. Maybe if we, we can sign Bryce Harper. I don't think that's a possibility, but it could happen because there is no salary cap in the uh, MLB. So we can just give them a big contract for maybe like, five years like the Padres did with um Manny Buchado, but they gave him ten years. Yeah, I was gonna say that was a ten yeah. it was a ten year contract, which really I've never seen before. And yeah, there's one crazy. contract that's been eight years. I mean um you know especially being a guy who watches the NBA a lot, the maximum I've seen for a contract is, you know, five years and that's mm-hmm. like a max deal. But you know, a ten year contract, I mean, that's almost that's even more than half of an entire, you know, af- athlete's um career. So I mean, is Matt, is Matt, you probably know a lot more about this because you follow the NBA, MLB a lot more. You know, how old is Manny Machado? Because, um, and I don't know you figure this out for us right now, but, you know, Manny Machado is probably, you know, 10 years. That's a, that's a lot of time. And, you know, money obviously plays a huge part in it. But what what's your thoughts on that? You know, he's a 26-year-old player. And a lot of people see him as a villain, but I see him more as a key player to a team that could, he could add a lot more wins. Like in the MLB, you can't get one player to a horrible team and they'll automatically make the playoffs. It's not like that. You have to get some players to back up that player. Like Manny, Manny Machado, he, if he has a decent team, he could be taking them to the playoffs. And uh, 
Last but certainly not least, Andrew has some stuff for us on the uh, Cleveland Browns, some updates with them. Andrew, what do you have for us? The Browns recently signed two players. One was a wide receiver, Jalen Strong. He's a very solid player. I, I really liked that um, uh, sign. But another was Kareem Hunt. He's a, he's a superstar player, but he did have some scandals with the Chiefs. And the, and the Browns just signed Kareem Hunt. He's a superstar running back. But there can be some complications with him. He has had some scandals in the past with the Chiefs. I really hope it's not a Josh Gordon situation where he gets suspended a lot and we can barely use him. But maybe if he just like keeps himself together, we can really make the playoffs. And I hope that the Browns can make the playoffs next year. I think they will with him. And that concludes really the um, news of our show this week. One last thing I want to ask you guys is our, our question of the week this week. Um, tweet me with your thoughts and answers um, at Nordonia Sports on Twitter. I'm Darius Sethna. My question for the week to you guys is, what's your opinion on the um, the media's influence in the NBA locker rooms? I know Andrew and I were talking about that with the Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving situation. Um, what are your thoughts? Tweet me um, at Nordonia Sports, and also go to NordoniaHills.News where a lot of new um, updates are being posted every day. We have a lot of students doing um, a lot of great work um, going on here in the Nordonia community. And um, you know, if you haven't if you have, if you haven't seen any broadcasts or podcasts recently, make sure you check it out. You can also check um, check out my broadcasts and podcasts. Um, on my Twitter account at Nordonia Sports. And um, Andrew, I think you also have a show or a podcast called In the Air tonight. Do you want to like just give everyone a maybe a little brief intro about that? So yeah, we are start- I'm trying to start a podcast with some of my uh, buddies. Uh, but it's basically just going to be about some uh, news, maybe like politics, some stuff like that. I think it's going to be uh, pretty fun to do. And uh, Andrew will actually be putting that um, that podcast in the air tonight on um, NordoniaHills.News. So once you finish maybe watching a Cleveland Sports Show episode or a broadcast, you can head on to uh, Andrew's podcast of In the Air Tonight. So make sure you visit NordoniaHills.News and the Twitter handle at NordoniaSports because we have a lot of um, awesome stuff coming your way. Well, that concludes our show for this week. Andrew, thank you so much for coming. Um, great to have you to uh, talk And we'll see you next week for another episode of the Cleveland Sports Show. Have a terrific weekend, everyone, and go Cavs.